Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. All right, so I'm going to make a pretty bold statement here. And I'm going to lead and say that whatever you're struggling with, whatever that looks like it may be to you, is probably not for the reason why you think it is. When I started my journey with recovering from disordered eating and exercise addiction, I mostly identified with orthorexia. Everybody said, it's not about the food. And I, I, I got that, I understood that. So I had to spend some time and think, okay, so what was it from? I don't know, where did that come from? Okay, so I decided I bet it came from me being what I labeled myself as a perfectionist. I thought that if I ate perfectly, if I exercised all the time, if I did all these things, that I would look perfect, that I would fit that perfect mold. People would accept me. People would love me. I identified with it. That was it. Nope. It's not perfectionism that's holding you back. Okay, so maybe it's needing to control. I can control my food and my body because I feel like my life is spiraling out of control in all these pieces. Is that it? No, it's not your need for control. Trauma, we've talked about that a ton around here. Maybe it's the traumatic event that I experienced. Maybe it's the multiple traumatic events that I experienced that is causing me to default towards these actions and behaviors. Nope, it's not about trauma either. By this point in time, you're thinking, what the fuck is it? What is it? You've kind of hit the main ones. You've hit the ones we most talk about. It's not food, it's not external things. It's not our need to control, it's not the trauma that everybody says it is, it's shame. Shame. And it's not often that I can say a blanket statement of this goes across the board for everybody, but I'm gonna be really bold and say this goes across the board for everybody. Because if we really dissect all of the things that I said before, or all of the things that you're identifying with, it's shame that is the root of that. It just sprouts up in little tiny different ways. If it's sprouting up with food, it's something that you're ashamed of, maybe that you're eating, okay? If it's needing to be perfect, maybe that's because I feel ashamed that I'm not worthy enough, I'm not deeming myself enough, but if I show up perfectly, then the world has to think that I am. Shame is underlying that. Maybe it is my need for control because everything else is spiraling out of control. So if I can control this, then I feel like I stand in that power. It's shame propelling that need to control. It's shame because of a storyline that I've been told or I created or society placed on me that saying that if things don't go in this picture perfect way, there's something wrong with you. Me, I'm identifying as that. Even the trauma that we experience, It's not necessarily the traumatic event itself that perpetuates so many of those actions and behaviors that follow. It's the shame that we carry. It's that we become identified with that 
and we're so embarrassed or guilty or saddened or depressed or anxious about it. But the underlying root of all of that is shame. And when I realized this, I could start to see how that played out in so many different things in my life. And I'm really going to say, I think it does for all of you as well. We're going to go really quick into four tips to overcome that, to work through that. There's so much research that's done on shame. Brene Brown is like the queen of it and most things. She's amazing. Her TED Talks are incredible. Go and watch them. There are books on it. There are podcasts on it. There are resources on that. So we're not going to spend a lot of time necessarily into what that means. I'm going to give you four quick action steps to do it, to reflect on it. Because here's the key. It doesn't matter what the queen Brene Brown tells you. It doesn't matter what I tell you. It doesn't matter what I tell all the clients that I work with, all of the women that are working through their own shame or guilt. All that truthfully matters is that you reflect on it, you take some time for you, and you do the fucking work. I can't do the work for you. I can't do the work for anybody. Nobody did the work for me as much as I would have loved for them to do the work for me. It doesn't work that way. So no matter who you are walking alongside, a coach, a therapist, whoever, I am there to be your cheerleader. I am there to giving you a loving kick in the ass when you're scared, when you need that push. But that work, that shame cycle, that view, that reflection of that, that's on you. Sorry, hate to tell you, but it is. So what can you do? The first thing that you can do is acknowledge it. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. How many times have I said that to all of you? But it's true. I can't change something if I'm not even aware of it. If I don't know that it is an issue, how do I know how to change it? So I have to acknowledge that I feel shame, that that is an underlying cause and it's causing a cascade of different emotions and different destructive behaviors, different ways that I'm numbing myself, different ways that I'm getting in my own way or letting my ego take over and reflecting on that. Not with judgment, not with more shame, not with more guilt, not from a place of negativity, but just noticing. Is that society's story that was placed on you? Is that your story? Is that a learned behavior? Where did maybe some of those pieces come from? Then the second step, and I think honestly the scariest step, is speaking it. Shame thrives in darkness, in isolation, all by itself. Because when it's all by itself, guess who's in control? Ego. That beautiful little wicked voice that tells you you're not enough, this is ridiculous, this is an awful thing to do, you are an awful human, how could you do this, nobody loves you, blah, 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 whatever your ego is speaking to you at the time. Because when that's the only voice that's chattering in your head, it's really hard to overcome that. I stayed stuck in a cycle of destructive behaviors for so much longer than I needed to because I was ashamed. It's not because I didn't have the tools. It's not because I didn't know that the behaviors were destructive. Hello, I knew. It's not because my body was breaking down. It's not because doctors told me to do different. It's not because I didn't have love, people around me that loved me because I was so ashamed 
of who I was, of what I was allowing to let happen, of the actions and behaviors that I did, that I stayed there, that I stayed there. So the moment that I could speak that out loud was the moment that I broke open the floodgates and everything fucking changed. I think that there are key pivotal moments in our life. I honestly do, and I can identify several of them for myself. And me speaking that for the first time out loud was an absolute 180 in my life. And it turned the tables and it made me be in control for the first time ever in that situation. Speaking your truth does not mean that you need to come and have a podcast where you talk about it. It does not mean that you have to come and do an IGTV on it, share it in any social media. I don't care who you share it with as long as they are loving and respecting of you. It can be, honestly, maybe at first, it's just writing it down. Maybe it's you saying it out loud to yourself and working through that. Find what feels comfortable for you, but do not, do not, please do not give that shame any more darkness, any more isolation, any more time to hide and let only that ego talk. So the third step is after you speak it in whatever way feels comfortable to you, is you have to own it. You have to own the shit. We do. I'd own pieces of my past that I wasn't proud of. Pieces of my past that I wish didn't happen. Things in my life that I chose to do in a moment of pain when I was doing the best that I could do, sure. I had to say, I'm owning this. I did, I, I, I'm choosing this. I chose that and now I'm choosing to do something different. And when we talk about owning things, especially trauma, I want to be very clear with you. Owning your pain, your sadness, your actions, your behaviors does not mean that you are owning something that somebody did to you or pain or hurt or guilt. You are not taking that on now as who you are. Please do not, especially with trauma, please do not misinterpret that piece because that's not what it is. It is simply saying, guess what? This is a piece of me. This is a piece of my story. And I see it. And I'm going to choose to take that situation, take that pain, take that hurt, take that guilt, take that shame, and do something different with it. I'm going to choose to do a 180 in my life. I'm going to choose to find a way to say this happened for me, not to me. And that's hard. That's hard. And when it's heavy and when it's hurt and when it's somebody that did something horrific to us or when something horrific happened to us, it's not simple and that's not easy, but it is necessary. And the fourth piece is we have to lead with love. If we can't lead with shame, if we can't lead with guilt, if we can't lead with all of lower vibrating emotions, I'm not gonna say bad or negative. I'm gonna say a lower vibrating or a lower energy. We're gonna sit in that space. And if vibrations and energy totally aren't your thing, that's okay, skip forward a little bit. Real quickly, I will say, everything has a vibration. Our energy, our emotions, all of that has a vibration. And shame, guilt, depression, sadness, anger, hurt, has a lower vibrating energy than things like love, like compassion, like grace, 
like gratitude, like joy, like happiness. Think about when you are laughing so hard, you have tears streaming down your face, you can't breathe, it is just like this high ecstasy moment. You, you just feel lighter. Like I feel like these sensations, like these tingling sensations, or when you get a hug from somebody that is just your world, your light, think of how good that makes you feel. Simply put, that's a vibration. That's that piece that I'm talking about. And when we sit in that lower space, like attract likes, like, like attracts like. The more we draw in that negativity, the more we sit in it. So if we can do even little steps to lead with love, to show ourselves some grace, to show ourselves compassion, we begin to work out of the trenches. We begin to step out of that space. So it's four steps. They're, they take work. It's not fun. It's not easy. Leading with love is not always pretty and shiny. Leading with love is calling yourself out. Leading with love is taking ownership over shit that we don't want to take ownership over. It's admitting that we have done things that we are maybe in this moment not the proudest of. We did things in weakness. We did things in pain and hurt. But we were doing the goddamn best that we could do in those moments. And they were a piece of us. But we will no longer let them be us. We will let them be a tiny sliver of who we are, who I am, who you are, who your story is, but it's not your whole story. It's not your whole world. That's shame. Think about where you are being self-destructive in your actions, thoughts, and behaviors. Really look, I guarantee shame is at the bottom of it. I guarantee. And the sooner that you can go through those, the sooner that you can acknowledge it and reflect on it, speak it, own it, and learn to lead with love in it. The sooner you can release it and be just a little bit closer to that highest, best version of yourself. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.